the Power Pack Morning Zoo. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest radio show ever. Good morning and welcome. Dan Mickley. He's a very successful writer. Vince Murata. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. Sarah Cazell. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos. And Jerry Carlin. Why you funny, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And away we go. Happy Tuesday on a Tuesday that I wish it were a Wednesday. <laughs> but it I, isn't. I woke up yeah. today and mm-hmm. my first thought was like, all right, halfway through the week, Wednesday, here we yeah. go. And then uh, no. two seconds later, I'm like, you moron. No, no, no. <laughs> right, I know. A Tuesday that I wish it were Wednesday. That's what it feels like to me. I got a, I got to work and one of our video people said, okay, we got everything all set up for tomorrow when you guys are at the Diamondbacks. Mm. And uh, we got, and then I'm like, Wait a minute. What is what's today? Is today no. Wednesday? Wait no. a minute. No, unfortunately it's no, not. It's Nobody not. knows what day it is. No, this week. It's unfortunately weird. it's not. <laughs> uh, we're going to begin today's program with a uh, with a story I never thought I'd see in the New York Times, but apparently over the weekend we missed a uh, pretty big competition in the state of Florida. The Florida Man Games oh. took place in Florida over the weekend. Oh wow. Yeah. They had a I would have watched that. They had so would I. That's, and my point is uh, this would make for more compelling television than hot dog eating contests and competitive of eating, I mean, you had a mullet contest, a duel in mud with pool noodles, and a vading arrest obstacle course. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> while on bath salts? Yeah. Are bath salts still a thing, by the way? That was in all the Florida, craze for probably. a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, people eating their own arms after right. sorting bath salts. Eating people's faces. Yeah, yeah sure. right? Yeah. Okay, so no gator wrestling this time. No, but I think there were live gators on the premises. Uh, hundreds and yeah, if, not the thousands, referees. if not thousands of people were there for wow. this. Yeah, yeah, it looks it really looks uh, perfectly awful, but you I'm sure it made for great television. Pool noodle fight in the mud? Mm-hmm. I, yep. There's no other way to do it. What, what did the winner the, get? The, uh, uh, the winning team got five grand. Wow. Okay. Uh, but but I'm looking at a picture at the evading arrest <laughs> obstacle course, and this is perfect. The contestant is jumping through the window of a fake store facade, and the fake store facade is Mendy's famous possum and sweet tater pie. <laughs> oh, that no. sounds like something you would be pimping, along with <laughs> Bippy's sweet pickles or whatever it was. DJ sweet Bippy That's pickle it. tortillas. Yeah. Florida man. Who knew what this was a thing? Wow. That's incredible. Five grand on the line? Yeah. That prize money is, yeah. I mean. There was a Florida sumo event, Vinny, where contestants wrestled <laughs> while holding pitchers of beer. <laughs> uh-huh. How and, stupid is Florida? Well, that's the, yeah. <laughs> it is funny how they aren't embarrassed by it. No, they're leaning into they it. They embrace it. Leaning into it. Because for a while, and still sometimes, the national media sort of, Pegs Arizona as like the Florida of the mm-hmm. West, mm-hmm. and people hate it around here to be to refer to that. The Florida people embrace their stereotype image. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, face yeah, it yeah. though, and you're not wrong that we do get labeled the Florida of the West. 
But realistically, and I'm not just saying that because I, I'm saying this because I live here. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere. Arizona's nowhere close. No, to it's not even close. No, I agree. We've got with that. stuff to be embarrassed about. But yeah. come on, no, we wear shoes. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Florida. I've spent many, 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 many weeks of my life in that state, and it's very, very strange. You get out, you get inland. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Everyone likes the beaches, and the beaches are great, and yep. you see a lot of weird stuff on the beaches. But get inland, and that's uh, yeah, that's Florida. That's, that's it's cool. like. Florida and the Panhandle. Oh boy! Oh, it's like three different states in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the northern part, the central part, and the southern part. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, start the show. Ferret, furry ferret. Splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal, animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. The Suns have a little time to breathe following Sunday's win over the Lakers at Footprint Center. They will not take the court again until Thursday night, which might be tomorrow. It might be 26 Uh, nights from now. We don't know. Right, we don't know. Uh, (laughs) The Rockets come to town for the first of back-to-back games. For Phoenix, the team just met last Friday in Houston with the Rockets taking a 114-110 win. Suns were in the news for a different reason on Monday. Shams Jarania of The Athletic reported that Phoenix will host the NBA All-Star Weekend in 2027 and that they were in the final stages of securing that honor from the league. If it comes to fruition, it will be the fourth time the Valley has hosted the event. First one in 75 at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Festivities held at America West Arena in 95 and in the same building in 2009 when it was known as U.S. Airway Center. That's got to be a record. If it's in the same building three times with the building having three different names, Mm -hmm. I guarantee that's never happened before. I always wonder about events like this because they're generally drive tourism. Some people will be able to get tickets, but how much does it really benefit us? I mean, it's a great thing for our status, but how much does having an all-star game actually benefit people who live here? Smaller version of the Super Bowl. Same thing. Everybody, you know, the ancillary parties and the buzz and all that. Yeah. Hotels and and restaurants will like it. That's, yeah, yes. The Chamber of Commerce, Departments of Tourism, yes. Yeah. They love it. A chance to hook up with tourists. (laughs) (laughs) That might be your universe, man. That ain't mine. That ain't my world. Last night in the NBA, a light night on the schedule. Only four games. Toronto surprised the Pacers in Indianapolis, 130-122. to Brooklyn had no problems with Memphis, 111-86. to The Knicks got 35 points from Jalen Brunson and a generous no-call from the officials in the closing oh seconds to beat Detroit, 113-111. to And Miami went into Sacramento and beat the Kings without Jimmy Butler, 121-110. to The Kings were the only Western Conference team in action on Monday. They fell to 33-24. and Half game behind the Suns, seventh place in in front of Dallas, who has the same record. So, man, there's a lot of bunching. Uh, Chris Paul will be back on the floor for the Golden State Warriors tonight in D.C. against the Wizards, where he had that great career as a member of the Wizards following the train. <laughs> CP3 has been out since January 5th when he suffered a fractured left hand. He's averaging 8.9 points, 7.2 assists in 32 games this season. The Coyotes are back on the ice tonight in Montreal for their annual trip to Quebec to take on the Canadiens. The uh, Yotes trying to snap a 12-game losing streak, the second-longest winless streak in Arizona's uh, the team's Arizona history. The Yotes beat Montreal 3-2 back in early November, but tonight they will not have leading scorer Clayton Keller on the ice. He left Sunday's loss to Winnipeg with an upper body injury. That game gets cracking at 5 o'clock. 
You can hear it beginning with pregame coverage at 4.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. D-backs lost to the Oakland A's 9-8 in Cactus League play. The A's won it on a Drew Lugbauer. Drew Lugbauer. Drew Lugbauer can do it to anybody. I've always said. Yeah. Uh, walk-off home run in the ninth. Jordan Lawler had a solo shot for the D-backs. Christian Robinson had a three-run homer in the loss. Arizona hosting the Texas Rangers at Salt River Fields in a World Series rematch of sorts. First pitch will be thrown at 110 with newly acquired lefty Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound making his spring Don't debut. pitch to Corey Seager! <laughs> Good advice. Drew Lugbauer. Drew Lugbauer. What did Jack do on the Titanic when Lugbauer says, paint me like one of your French girls? Oh, boy. He drew Lugbauer. Mm. <laughs> we can we can edit that out of the podcast, right? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Former D-back shortstop Nick Ahmed is hooked on with the San Francisco Giants on a minor league deal. Ahmed turns 34 next month. He had spent 10 years, all his entire major league career in Arizona, where he won two gold gloves. And he ranks fifth in D-backs franchise history with 888 games played. Speaking of veteran shortstops, by the way, the St. Louis Cardinals have signed 37-year-old shortstop Brandon Crawford to a one-year deal. He had spent his entire career with the Giants. Four gold gloves, three all-star appearances, two World Series rings, and one thorough hair washing in that entire time. Oof. <laughs> in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals placed the franchise tag on wide receiver T. Higgins. Should the two sides fail to reach a long-term deal by July 15th, Higgins will be on a one-year $21.816 million deal. That's what the franchise tag is for receivers now. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Higgins caught 42 passes last year, five touchdowns in 12 games for Cincinnati. ESPN also reported yesterday that running backs Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard will not be tagged, and they're by their respective teams, they're all expected to become free agents. New AP College basketball rankings released on Monday. There's a new number one team in the country. It's the Houston Cougars, who received 53 of 62 first place votes. They are followed by Purdue. UConn, who fell from number one after losing to Creighton. Tennessee is fourth. Marquette is fifth. Arizona, which lost at home to Washington State last week and then rebounded with a win over Washington, what fell from four to sixth. Washington State managed to rise two spots to 19 after they split in Arizona, including a loss to ASU. And the wackiest part of all of it, ASU got 17 votes in this week's balloting, all from one voter. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got him as a top 10 team yes. in the country? The guy from uh, El Paso who has him number nine. Got to be a drop down error. I was trying to figure it out yesterday whether he mixed up Arizona and Arizona State. That didn't happen. If he meant to vote for Auburn at number nine, that didn't happen. So nobody nobody has any. Uh, what's it? Bloomquist is his name. Bloomquist? Yeah. Not Willie. Not related maybe, to Willie. Maybe Wait, related to Willie. Willie. Well, an alum. Wait a minute. You just. Blew this whole the story fall. open. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, Shenanigans in the AP. <laughs> he just loves Frankie Collins. <laughs> There's your splash. Oh, by the way, uh, one other note. Uh, WA, WNBA MVP Brianna Stewart resigned with the New York Liberty. One year, non-max, non-guaranteed deal. <laughs> which gives the Liberty more flexibility. Something's going to happen. Not good for the Mercury. No. <laughs> Elena Delta? There is your uh, splash for Tuesday, February 27th. Coming up, the Cardinals have done it again.
They've created a stir with a social media post. We'll explore all the angles of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Luke. What can the Diamondbacks accomplish in this year's spring training slate? We'll be live from Salt River Fields getting you ready for D-backs Rangers. We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. I would say just from him, I've been nothing but impressed with what he has done in our building, and it it continues to right now. Kyler's in the building right now every day, working, continuing to rehab. I mean, that that was a tough injury that he came Mm -hmm. back from. I mean, that's that's, that's hard, and especially on someone like Kyler who relies on his legs, you know, that, that takes a while to get there mentally. And so, you know, there's usually a, with those types of injuries, you know, players come back a year later, but really the big jump that they come back from is that second year. Um, that is still, you know, we kind of gloss over, oh, it's an ACL. He'll be back. Like that is a hard, that is a hard injury to come back from both physically and maybe even more so mentally. So, you know, we're looking forward to what Kyler can even grow upon what he did last year, but extremely happy we have Kyler right now and moving forward. That's Monty Austin for the GM of the Arizona Cardinals five days ago on this mm-hmm. very radio show in uh, you know during Newsmakers Week when he joined us in studio, talking about Kyler Murray uh, being nothing but impressed with Kyler Murray. Talked you know glowed about how he played, especially in the last four games of the season. Fast forward to yesterday when the Cardinals social media account on X at AZ Cardinals mm-hmm. puts out a graphic of Kyler Murray, three pictures of Kyler in his red Cardinals jersey. Uh, and all it says is our franchise QB. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Why does this happen? Yes. It immediately conjured up memories of 2019. You may remember uh, February 12th, 2019, the same account tweeted out. And I can say tweeted because it was still Twitter back then. Mm-hmm. Y'all are having fun with speculation, comma, but dot, dot, dot with the quote. From Cliff Kingsbury, first-year head coach at that time, Josh is our guy. Josh Rosen, yeah, Josh is our guy. 72 days later, the Arizona Cardinals picked Kyler Murray with the number one overall selection. Who would have known that of all of Josh Rosen's incredible career achievements in the NFL, that he would be the one guy that would ruin the affirmation tweet for everybody? <laughs> yeah, that, just, that is his lasting legacy. That's his the lasting NFL. legacy. That and that win at Lambeau right. Field that oh, got yeah. Mike McCarthy oh, yeah. fired. Yeah, yeah. You ever watch that guy play football, Jarrett? Josh Rosen? Yeah, yeah. You ever watch him play? I wouldn't call it football, but I've, <laughs> what a hump. I've seen him on the field. Okay. I've seen um, him in the stands, too. So, so immediately, because of these two events that you just mentioned, juxtaposed together, they made some people in the NFL kind of, uh, what's the word, suspicious? Interested? Curious. One of them was Andrew Brandt, who's a you know a career talent guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, strange tweet. You don't do this when a guy's got five years left on his contract. So you wonder what are the are, are the are the Cardinals trolling people? Are the Cardinals responding and reacting to some of the people in the national media who continue to think the Cardinals might be in the market for a new quarterback? It might be that. But look, you got to wonder. We've got enough examples over the last decade plus of where there's smoke, there's fire Mm -hmm. on social media. How much do front offices rely on their social media team to help them do their bidding? Mm. (laughs) I'm not saying that happened in this case, but Mm -hmm. you have to consider all options now, don't you? Yeah. It would be foolish not to. 
How many times have we talked about such and such a player? Is, oh, he's unfollowed his team. He scrubbed his account of everything team-related. That's happened here a bunch of times. Right. And there was always some fire to that smoke. Always. So are you suggesting that maybe other teams are calling the Cardinals saying, hey, you want to trade your quarterback? I, would it shock you? Not necessarily. I'm curious who that team might be. Didn't Monty Austin Ford say I'm an answer the phone kind of he guy? Did. Yes, he did. You can't. Yes, he did. You can't answer the phone no, unless it's no. ringing. How do you I, get a ringing? I, I, yeah, listen. I, I, my mind's open. I'm open to anything. I'm not downplaying anything. Um, listen, and and votes of confidence in in professional sports are are as often kisses of death than anything else. Well, let's eliminate the possibility of Caleb Williams because he's going number one, right? Right. Would you trade? And Drake May has to be going number two. Would you trade? I'm not convinced of that. Not? Would you trade Kyler Murray for a chance at Drake May or Jaden Daniels? My answer well, is no. <laughs> the answer is no with Jaden Daniels. Drake May is six foot five. Yeah. So if you want, so if you were a, Josh if, Rosen was six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Rosen, good move. Dan McGuire was six foot eight. No, Brock no, Osweiler no, listen, was no, six no. foot eight. No, I, I wouldn't. To answer your question, I would not. I'm, I'm a Kyler Murray fan, but so I would not do that deal. But again, this is Monty Austinfort, and how many times have we heard Mont, uh, people say about Monty that he's, he's tearing the whole thing down and building it back up from scratch? This is not the quarterback they drafted, and, and so I, uh, you know. <laughs> It's it's just it, it it's just interesting that the reaction that this brings out the hope it instills in the people that don't want Kyler here. Kyler Murray's numbers over the last few weeks of the season were really really good. His game in Philadelphia was really really good. Uh-huh. Um, he was it ve- was very very sturdy, and and I think we're really not giving him enough credit for getting through that entire se- season as a willing participant yes. the entire season. Yeah, but what we didn't see from Kyler Murray, and I agree with you with that assessment, sturdy mm-hmm. is a good word. Mm-hmm. We didn't see anything resembling like a real gaudy statistical performance like we had seen in the first four years of his career, quite mm-hmm. honestly. He had put together those games, 300 yards passing, close to 100 yards running, really uh, affected things from a statistical standpoint. He was, He was more of, dare I say, a game manager. Last yeah, year in was. his eight games, he, re- was. he really was. Yeah. Um, so listen, and I think the growth that he showed with Drew Petzing's offense, the fact that he was willing to get up under center a heck of a lot more than he's ever done in his life, had some success with it. The fact that it did indeed unlock the running game, the fact that you've got a budding star at tight end, the fact that you might be giving this quarterback um, a wide receiver with the number four overall pick and then another offensive lineman with their 27th pick or whatever that second mm-hmm. one is. Yeah. Is it 27? 27. It's 27. Um, it, 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 would, it would tell me that you are building a, a perefect ecosystem around him. And, and that is, that's kind of the, the way smart, out-of-the-box people think. If you've got a quarterback who can't put on a pair of Jarrett Carlin 8-inch platform shoes, <laughs> which he is manufacturing apparently just for Kyler Murray and nobody else in the NFL. Only in his absolute perfect size and nobody else. Right, right. So if you can't do that, if you can't make him taller, you can create a better system around him that mitigates his liabilities and his weaknesses. And, and that's apparently what it looks like they're doing. 
And so, but but again, it's it's this is now if the Cardinals wanted to make a little bit of a stir, if they just kind of wanted to give them something to talk about, if you will, well, they succeeded in that. Yeah, and, do you and, think, it's, and it's not again, and it's not unlike the Cardinals to do something like that. No, to have a little fun. But that's the to thing. Poke it, a little bit. If there was nothing nefarious about it, what was it that? led them to post that at that time? Why did they feel the need well, to show their support for they, him at they that time? They had the graphic. Mm-hmm. They just... I guess. They really like Kyler. They just, well, I mean, whoever the admin is right. just wanted to get right. that out there. They wanted to give Kyler some more material to wipe from his social media down the road. <laughs> when he's negotiating right. his next oh. right? See, it's next level. It's 3D chess, man. <laughs> 3D it's 4D, chess. 4D. 4D, whatever All it is. chess is 3D unless you're playing it on a flat... Uh... <laughs> Computer screen or something? Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> 40 checkers is what I play. Ooh. <laughs> you can text your thoughts <laughs> to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the NFL salary cap is taking a big jump next year, but that does not necessarily mean good things for guys who play the running back position. We'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> It is indeed. We have confirmed it is Tuesday. It's the Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming to you live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell taking you up until 10 o'clock today. We're getting closer and closer to the beginning of the league year in the NFL. So you got teams now able to use their franchise tags mm. on different players. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals opt to use that tag on a wide receiver and T. Higgins, who's a really good football player. Um, but there was a report from Adam Schefter on a lot of very big-name running backs who were in the news for the same reason last year. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, guys of that ilk, uh, Tony Pollard from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The report from Schefter says, I don't expect any of these guys to be tagged and to be uh, entering into free agency, which creates an interesting picture at that position because you've already got guys like Derrick Henry. There's a lot of really prominent, good running backs who have fuel left in the tank that are hitting free agency. And even with this salary cap jumping $30 million per team next year, yeah. these guys still aren't going to get paid. Well, and, and again, it, it's it's led to a lot of debate in the NFL. It's, it's turned on to this debate of why is the NFL devaluing running backs? I'm not certain they are. I just think that they are making conscientious decisions that there's so much proof of guys when they get long-term big-dollar contracts that you, you just don't get the return on investment that you expected. And, and there have been many cases of that because when you take a look at running backs and the premier running backs, it's hard to argue that they don't make a dramatic difference on football teams. Um, and, and I think we've got a great example here in Arizona. I think James Conner is is not only turned out to be a great value for the Cardinals, but he is really at the root of everything they're trying to do in terms of building a physical, tough culture. And, and he models it probably more than anybody, maybe even more so than Buda Baker, because of the way he operates and handles himself at that position, which is very, very, very difficult to play. In my opinion, quarterback is the hardest position to play, but the hardest physical position to endure 
is running back. The collisions you take yeah. where you're running up into the up into danger. It's like you're going through the gates of hell on every handoff. Yeah. And you got to be a certain dude to kind of embrace that. And James Conner has. So you look at James Conner, and when he got that deal from Steve Kime, a lot of people um, in this valley, more than not, ra- raised their hands and said, okay, that's an overpay. What are you doing? Have you not learned your lesson? He's been anything but. He's been fantastic, worth every penny. Yeah, but it also wasn't a high-dollar premium deal. It was a pretty affordable deal. It wasn't like a Christian you're McCaffrey right. it contract. Wasn't, you're right. It wasn't pre. It no, wasn't you're right. even a David you're, Johnson contract. On the Christian McCaffrey. What a great guy that guy was, oh, though. The best the guy. Best. If you paid for a guy of how great they were, it set a new record. Yeah. But uh, on, on the Christian McCaffrey thing, you could argue that Christian McCaffrey is the best offensive player in the NFL. Is he just one of one and the only guy that's worth the money? Or they are they undervaluing all other running backs throughout the league and, and, and how they use them and stuff? Well, I, I, think, I, I think he's one of one, but I also think he has a shelf life. And if you look at his numbers last year, Offensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. he had almost 300 rushing yards. Not even talking about his impact in the passing game. 300 rushing yards more than the guy who was in second place, and that was Derrick Henry. Still Derrick Henry. Who led the league in carries again? Wow! Whose team bases their entire offense around Derrick Henry? Yes. By the way, but for then years. if you go down the list of the leading rushers in the NFL, you got that mix of the high high priced guys, Henry and, and McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, bargain with the Rams, James Cook, not a highly paid running back in Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre Swift on a second team, James Conner, Najee Harris, Joe Nixon, uh, Mixon, um, so. <laughs> You're right. I mean, there's enough proof not to pay these guys. Oh, yeah. So so I think it's led to an industry, industry trend to just do that, to not pay them. Um, but the right guy can make all the difference in the world. I mean, if John Elway does not win a Super Bowl without a very, very good to great running back, right? Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. Well, he so, pr- that was proven during mm-hmm. John Elway's career. They lost all the Super Bowls. They didn't have a great running right. back. That's right. Uh, uh, but who was the last Super Bowl team that had a great running back? Super Bowl winner? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, San Francisco got really close with McCaffrey this year, but mm-hmm. they didn't win it. Well, I, I look at the case of, of Derrick Henry, and if Derrick Henry now is going to be made available, if it, it, what is his status? Because he's not, he's a free agent. He's a free right? agent. Yeah. yeah. So if, if the Ravens do what a lot of people think they're going to do and lean on that guy as to be the piece that will allow them to kind of unplug the Kansas City dynasty, because that makes sense. Because if you're in the AFC and you're like, okay, how do we beat that team? Well, you beat that team by keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. You're going to have to. You're going to have to put a ball control offense on the field to limit how often that man gets the football. So if you got Lamar Jackson running read options with, with Derrick Henry, wow. Defense yeah, is trying to d- decide which one of those two cats are going to keep the football. Mercy. But it, judging from the criticism that the Baltimore coaching staff, most notably Monk and the, the, the offensive coordinator took in the AFC championship game, was Derrick Henry going to make that big of a tactical difference? They refused to run the ball when they 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 had, that's their whole identity, mm-hmm. and they didn't run the ball. They decided very early in that game that they couldn't, and I and I think I give Steve Spagnolo credit for this because he schooled the Ravens coaching staff. He had like eight guys in a two tiered box, and it was like that that offensive coordinator looked an offensive coordinator by the way who got a head coaching job right. The guy in Baltimore? No, he's still with Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he was one of he's one of the. It, 
considered a premier young coordinator but, in football on the hot list for coaching jobs next year. And and they just kind of like they just they they sold him on the idea that you're not going to run the football against us. And they quit trying. Yeah, you're right. But but I think if you have Derrick Henry back there, you don't quit trying. I don't know. Just a thought. Nobody, by the way, Derrick Henry led the league. He 280 carries, which I'd have to look it up. It's probably been a while since there's, and, and, and I might be speaking completely out of school, mm-hmm. but doesn't it seem like the leaders in carries were always, always well over 300? He had 280, and that led the entire league. Well, uh, that then usage must be down, because we do know that platoon running back systems oh, sure. are, are the rage now in yeah. football. Yeah, you don't have a lot of three-down backs anymore. Uh, Dan Graziano was on ESPN talking about that Schefter report on these uh, – High, you know, the big name players not being tagged and what it means for the running back market. Like a desert on <laughs> Neptune. Oh, no. like they're, they're in trouble. Like this is this Schefter report is bad news for all of these guys, because like all of the market factors that led to last year's controversy and, and, and varying degrees of holdouts and Zoom calls about the state of the running back market. All those factors are still present in this year's market. And now you are flooding the market with high quality available guys which is only going to drive prices down. Look, it is possible that there's a team out there that says, hey, we really need Saquon Barkley. He's special. He, he fits with us. Or same Derrick Henry, whatever. That, that could happen for one or two of these guys. But, you know, Schefter also reporting the Giants want to talk to Saquon about an extension. He might want to listen because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's likely he's not going to find what he's dreaming about if he does hit the open market. No, and you have to look at performance and production. And Saquon Barkley last year in 14 games for the Giants – 3.9 yards per carry, 68 yards per game. You don't need to pay big money for that. You can get that same production from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Even though Saquon Barkley is a really big name mm-hmm. and has had good and years. And a really in good New player. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's the, that's the math that a lot of teams have been doing in these situations. I'm, I'm glad, personally, I'm glad the Cardinals have that box checked, Right. Because they they've got it checked with a couple of running backs who are who are not you know financially prohibitive. Mm-hmm. So something so. to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a lot of running backs available. Coming up next, lots of people don't like mock drafts. LeBron James apparently one of them. Oh, <laughs> we'll boy. get into what uh, the oh, king boy. had to say next. It's Pickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Come on, I'm burning. Arizona Sports. Balling. Floor burns with Bickley and Murata. Why'd you dunk it? Right this straight. Oh, LeBron James. Of the Los Angeles Lakers. It's on record. LeBron's been on record several times over the past few years talking about playing long enough in the NBA to be able to play with his son, LeBron Jr., mm-hmm. known as Bronny James. Uh, it's more pertinent now because... Bronny is playing college basketball. He is eligible to enter into the draft next year. Mm -hmm. And if he did so, a lot of people speculate that the Los Angeles Lakers would try to appease LeBron James and use a draft pick on Bronny James. He has not played that great in his freshman year at USC. He's not always on the court, especially at the end of big games. Yeah, he's averaging five points a game for a bad USC team. Yeah. So about a week ago, I kind of thought, all right, this is a little bit absurd that LeBron James is using his son as sort of a prop and a pawn in his own career to kind of of put a bow on his own career. He wants to to cosplay this fantasy of, oh, I got to be teammates with my 
son, and, and it occurred to me that you're putting a lot of undue pressure on your child. You're, you're, you're robbing him. You're putting him on a fast track and on a, on a timetable that may not be suitable for him. That he may need to play all four years in college to even get a shot at the NBA. So I, I thought, I thought in real time, there's something really off with this whole thing, and it all came to light yesterday. Yes. So ESPN had a mock draft tracker, and they dropped Bronny James out of their 2024 mock draft, and apparently that prompted LeBron to get a little uh, snippety on social media. Yeah, uh, he. Posted, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works earned, not given. Uh, Then went on, uh, and to all the other kids out there striving to be great, just keep your head down, blinders on, keep grinding. These mock drafts don't matter one bit, I promise you. Only the work matters. Let's let the uh, let's talk real basketball, people. Now this is on the heels of last year, uh-huh. uh, March sixth, twenty twenty three. LeBron James posted on X while his son was still in high school. Man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Blank, lightweight, hilarious with four crying, laughing emojis. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> now the so- first tweet from yesterday, he, he he's deleted it. It's, okay. It's gone. Okay, but if if you as LeBron James put that out there, stop rubbing your eyes, Jarrett. <laughs> if you're LeBron James and you put that out there, it, uh, how do you? How are you not guilty of raising expectations? How are you not guilty of everything that you are now railing on the media for? This is the part of LeBron that drives me nuts: the complete lack of self awareness. That it's it, you can see this coming. Yes, and we don't have in our lifetimes many examples of fathers playing together with their sons professionally at the same time. The one mm-hmm. that comes to mind is the Griffies. Ken Griffey Sr. was a really good baseball player and was holding on at the end of his career because it was a no-brainer that Ken Griffey Jr. was going to be a superstar in Major League Baseball. They got to play together. This dynamic is reversed. LeBron is arguably the best player ever. I'm not on that side of the argument, but arguably is. Where his son, I mean, how could anybody live up to that standard? And maybe he's just not good enough to play in the NBA. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. No. So for LeBron to say it's the work that matters, let's be realistic. If he, if Le, if Bronny says I'm entering the draft, somebody's going to pick him. It's probably going to be the Lakers who will finagle a second round pick late just to do that. But then, but but again, then then you are just you are just making a pawn out of this kid, and you're just setting him up to be destroyed. Yeah. Was Marcus Jordan ever drafted? No. 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 So then. Why does LeBron's kid have to be drafted? Well, he's better, in theory. But mm-hmm. NBA better? Well, uh, not no, so again, far. I, so I, far, not. No, I listen. I just saw the uh, a, a, a second half of a USC game recently. He didn't even get off the bench. Look, but they it, can't all be Juju Watkins, okay? Well, <laughs> but to be fair though, like to to put someone as the twelfth member of your bench, we've lived through that with Zoran Dragic. And and stuff like the Nasus, yeah, just exactly. People do stuff like that just to make the superstar happy. Because the twelfth man on an NBA bench, in all fairness, is not that valuable. And you're right, 
Someone's going to draft him, and it's probably going to be the Lakers okay. late in the second round. All right. So you put a kid who's not deserving on a sports team just because of his last name. How do you think that's going to play out? I mean, you're right. It doesn't matter. He, he may never be in a game. Then, then what is the point and of it all? Does he even want that? That's a that great, would be that's embarrassing for him. A great Don't question. you think? It's a great question. Marcus Jordan, by the way, averaged 15 points per game in a sophomore season at UCF. Okay. He was a decent college player. Yeah. Almost 14 points a game his junior year. Mm. Um, I'll take it a step further. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for LeBron to be a full-time father. <laughs> you did what, to retire entirely? I mean, 21 years of mm-hmm. neglecting your family to play basketball, these silly basketball dreams. Isn't it time I, just to be a dad full-time? Just I, don't, I don't know, man. I, that, <laughs> that, that, that Lakers team I saw roll through Phoenix over the weekend, I'm, I'm not frightened by them at all. No, they're, they're, right. just, they're, not, they're not a team that, that worries me in the least. But I would have said the same thing last year. They made it all the way to the conference finals. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Do you know, by the way, um, I also saw this. I found this to be absolutely laughable. Do you see that uh, Lakers fans after Sunday's games uh, were blaming it all on the officials, mm-hmm. claimed the league was rigged? This is, And this is a reminder, Suns fans, how silly you sound when you go too far down that path. My favorite one was somebody actually posted in response to um, the, the Darvin Ham and LeBron James comments on only shooting eight free throws. Mm-hmm. Somebody actually posted, LeBron never gets the call. <laughs> With a straight face, it, yeah, there was well, no laughing emoji. Again, and it's and it's not just Lakers fans; it's all fans. It's all fans. It's all fans. You're exactly right. It's all fans. Can you name the other MLB combo that played together, father son, in the majors? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, it was in the two thousands. I don't think I can. Did they play the same? They played on the same team. Same team, same Hank time. Hank Cudgley and his son Coolio. Coolio Cudgley. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never got past AAA, unfortunately. Oh, okay. right. He was a four A player. Yeah, he's Coolio Cudgley. Tim Raines, senior and oh, junior. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a man. I didn't. I don't remember. I have no recollection of that at all. What What team was it with? The Orioles. Wow. Because of uh, the length, you know, the less strenuous that baseball is and you can play later, that's about the only sport it could happen. This is such a unique situation because LeBron's playing till he's 100 years old. Yeah. But it, there's really no other sports to that you could even see it in unless some NFL kicker had a son that played. If Tom Brady would have had kids earlier. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he could have he done it. Mm-hmm. Or when he comes out of retirement, I guess it's still That's possible. True. <laughs> when he decides he doesn't like the broadcast yeah. booth for $37 million yeah. a I year. Just, I, I just, I, I, props to LeBron for shutting that down, but no props to him for starting it in the first place. Starting it in the first place by having a child? No, <laughs> by, by, by claiming his kid was better, he already did, better than yeah. guys do, in the NBA. He did do that. Yeah, you don't need to create that pressure. It's already going to come externally. Yeah. You don't need to do that. (laughs) Coming up next, Suns have a couple days off before they take on the Rockets, but we'll get into some Suns storylines. They are in crunch time of their schedule. That is Nax Pickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.